going to read you a passage. It's a really familiar passage. It's from Luke chapter 2. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you in this day, in the city of David, a Saviour, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and singing glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. Christmas is fantastic, isn't it? I mean, it's like, it's a time where we all focus on family and, and giving and the whole world feels kind of a better place. But at the very first Christmas, I want you to see what those angels said. They said, this is good news. And we carry good news. Not grumpy, miserable, bar humbug news. We've got the good news. And the thing is that this good news it sometimes gets all lost. It gets lost in, in what we're doing, but it also gets lost in, in all this, the things that we do. And it gets lost in religion. And it gets, it gets lost in um, just our, our own way of being things. And we, we get confused. But what those angels were saying is absolutely incredible. Because we tend to misread what those angels were saying. And we think that the angels came and said, you know, guys, come on, all have a really nice, peaceful time and be nice towards each other and show goodwill towards each other. And that's sometimes how we think of Christmas. And it's sometimes what people believe that God was saying through those angels. But he was saying something totally different. He didn't say that guys get along with each other and live at peace and be kind to each other, although we should be. What he said was, I have come to give goodwill towards men. In other words, he was saying that when, Je when the baby comes, when Jesus comes, he's going to do something so incredible that he's going to change the whole way that God relates to mankind. He's going to change the way that things are. You know, a lot of people, and you might be one of them, think of God as like an angry God who's like looking to pick up your slightest fault and punish you for it. And you live in fear of God. Or, or you think, well, I don't want anything to do with God because if that's the sort of person he is, I don't want to know him. But the truth is, that Jesus settled once and for all, forever, God's anger for all our sin. He came to do something that nobody else could do, and he settled once and for all the question of, is God mad with us? And from the moment Christ died, he's no longer mad with us. He's come to bring peace. 
peace between us and God. He's come to reconcile us to him. When the angel said, peace on earth, goodwill towards men, he was saying, I'm coming because I love you. I'm coming because I've got goodwill towards you. And I'm going to do something that's going to make that goodwill towards you permanent because I'm going to die for you. And that's what the angels are saying. So I wanted to put that up front because what I want to talk about this morning um, is that God is for you. You might not always feel he's for you, but he is. He's for you, and he's for you in lots of different ways. Sometimes we have a lot of trouble sort of getting our head around how we relate to God. And sometimes God seems to work for other people, but not for you. Jesus said this in Mark chapter 10. I tell you the truth. Anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God, like a little child, will never enter it. So Jesus is saying, if you really want to know me, you've got to come to me with simple faith like a child. And I think it's really interesting because the disciples react in a really odd way to that. They say, they kind of tell Jesus he's wrong because they're trying to shoo all the children out of the way. They're trying to get rid of the kids so the adults can concentrate. Well, we haven't got rid of the kids this morning and the adults, you can still concentrate. Because what Jesus is saying is that I welcome everybody. However big, however small, however young, however old. And he's saying, everybody needs to come to me like the kids. And yet you've got these disciples, let's say grumpy religious people, who are trying to get rid of the kids so we can all be solemn and we can all take it seriously and we can all listen and analyse and learn. And Jesus said, hang on a minute, I just want you to come to me. I just want you to come to me. I just want you to come because I love you. Jesus, you know, one of the things that we say and think about Christmas is Jesus coming as a child. Jesus came as a baby, born into really humble circumstances. And he experienced life as a child. And now he's saying, this gift that I came to bring you, this, this forgiveness, this life I came to give you, this, this gift of myself, this relationship I want to have with you, you can now only receive it if you receive it like a child. So don't overcomplicate it. Jesus came to give us a gift because he came for us. And the thing is, 
faith is simple. You know, Cheryl and I uh, have had this conversation a few times, particularly when we've, we've been praying for people or whatever, or where people um, are really struggling to relate to God. And there's this question that always comes up, why is it so difficult? Here's the good news. It's not difficult. It's just much simpler than we're trying. It's much simpler than we're doing. It's much simpler than the way we're approaching God. God is a good God who loves us, who wants to relate to us, who wants to bless us. It's simple. And faith is simple. You know, there's a lot to be said. I mean, I know it's a bit cliche, but you know that old, I I don't even know who said it now, but somebody said, Jesus loves me, this I know, because, come on, the Bible tells me so. It's simple faith. Jesus loves me. Because the Bible tells me he does. And the Bible tells us a lot of things about God. And honestly, if we, if we read the Bible, a lot of our questions about God would be answered. But we like to think about God and philosophize about him and make our own minds up about what he's like without saying, what does he say he's like? And God says, I'm a good God who loves you and I give myself for you. I'm the gift. I came for you. I came to rescue you. I came to to find you. I came to seek you. I came to set you free. I'm the gift. And you know, I understand that a lot of us, we can have, when I talk about having faith like a child or a simple faith, a lot of us, well, many of us can be sat there thinking, well, I used to have that. But then this happened. And then that happened. And now, you know, I'm not really sure about God. I want to show you a a video now of a young guy. And he wrote this poem. Because a lot of us can, can end up in a place where we um, end up questioning God, because of the things that have happened to us in our life. And so I just want to show you this video. It's a poem that this guy wrote. And in some ways, it's kind of sad, but it's sometimes where we can end up. You can't force me to believe God is good. This is the one truth in life. This world is a product of chance. How can I believe God will use my life? I know certainty that God has blessed me. Never again will I say Christ has risen from the dead. I know now more than ever in my life that man can save himself. You must realize that it is ignorant to think God answers prayers. Christians declare that without God, this world would fall into darkness. This world can and will meet my needs. It is a lie to say God has always been there for me. I now realize that no matter what I do, Jesus, he doesn't love me. How can I presume God is for me? Many people think like that. Many people thought like that when Jesus came. They thought that God wasn't interested in them. Many really struggle to relate to God. Now, 
one thing I could do is I could, I could stand here and debate endlessly about every question about God. And, you know, if you want to find answers to questions, they're there. But do you know what? There's not a lot of point in doing that. The answers are there. But this is the truth. This is the truth that this young guy needed to hear. You have to find reasons to believe, not reasons not to believe. And I want to encourage you, everybody this morning, if, if you are struggling in your relationship with God, to find reasons to believe, not reasons not to believe. You see, changing minds and changing our hearts is something that God does. So there's no point just debating it back and forwards. Change lies is what God does. But what I want to do this morning is just to tell you that God is for you and give you some reasons to believe in a God who loves you. Jesus, you know, we talk about Jesus as a gift. What sort of gift was he? This is what Jesus said. Well, God said through prophet Jeremiah. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you. Some versions say plans to give you peace. Not to harm. Plans to give you a hope and a future. See, what God is saying is that God that you're looking for, when you let me tell you myself who I am, I'm a God who's got plans for you. I'm a God who's going to give you hope. I'm a God who came for you. I'm a God who came to give you peace in the middle of whatever you're facing. I'm a God who's there for you. I'm a God who'll look after you. I'm a God who cares. I'm a God who has plans for your life, a purpose for your life. Don't live without purpose anymore. Don't just drift through things. I am a God who is here and together we can have a life that gives you hope, a future and a purpose. And that's who God says he is. He says, I'm for you. I came for you. I came to make that possible. You know, I wake up every morning, as we all do. But in particular, when I wake up, I wake up with a particular way of thinking. And I wake up with hope. I wake up with confidence because I know that God has plans for me. And that together, whilst it might seem impossible for me, together we're going to see some really exciting stuff. And so no matter what I'm going through, I always have a hope. In this world, we're not exempt from bad stuff. We're not exempt from stuff going wrong. We live in a world full of uh, fallen people. We're fallen ourselves. We, we make messes of things. Other people make messes of things. We live in a world that is sick, that is dying, and we have an enemy. So bad stuff happens. And in that, God wants you to know that I'm good. How can he tell I'm good? Because I came for you. I came for you when you couldn't rescue yourselves. I came.
So Jesus came for you. But he's also for you in another sense, in that he's on your side. And a lot of us need to hear that because often we picture God that he's not on our side. That he's just waiting to trip us up, that he's just waiting to punish us, that he's just waiting uh, to tell you how wrong you, you were. And God says, no, I'm on your side. I know how hard it is out there. I know how hard it is to, to walk through this life. I know how hard it is to get things right. And I'm on your side because I'm for you. The Apostle Paul said this, if God is for us, who can be against us? It's not that pe things aren't against us. It's not that this world is perfect. But if God's for us, we can go through and we can come out the other side and we can have hope. He did not spare his own son, but gave him for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things or all that we need? You see, when you find reasons to believe, it changes the way you do life. As finding reasons not to believe changes the way you do life. Life's just a product of where, what we decide. Life's a product of the perspective we take. And when you realise that God is for you, it changes the way you do things. You see, when you know God's for you, you can face some things you couldn't face. When you know that God's for you, you can go through some things you can't go through. When you know that God's for you, you can find hope in the most desperate situation. When you know that God's for you, you can work up in the morning with a purpose to your life, knowing that whatever faces you, God's there on your side and working with you. See, the thing about God is he can do things we can't. And he can turn the worst of things for good. He can restore marriages that seem at an end. He can restore friendships that seem so broken they can't be put back together again. He can do things that are impossible to you. But through you, he can make them possible. He's not constrained by the same things we're constrained by. And... Because God is for you, who can be against you? Whatever it is that we go through, living in that fallen world with fallen people, making messes in our life ourselves and, and, and living on this, this planet that is dying, whatever it is, God is for us. And he came for us. He came for us as, as a baby at Christmas and then died for us 33 years later on a cross. You see, when you realise that God is for you, something else changes as well. That you don't have to live any longer for God's approval. A lot of people get stuck in religion. And they're always trying to prove to God that they're good enough to be accepted by him. Well, he is the good news for Christmas, that God accepted you 2,000 years ago when he died for you. 
And so now you are accepted. You're no longer a living from a place of trying to earn God's acceptance and approval, but you're living knowing you're approved, knowing that he loves you, knowing that you're accepted. You see, things change. And things change when you change his perspective. Those angels came and said, peace towards men. When Jesus died for you, he approved you. He accepted you. He made things right. Romans 5.8 says this, God demonstrates his love for you. While you were a sinner, Christ died for you. You see, Jesus came because God loves you. And all he's asking you to do is find a reason to believe instead of looking for reasons not to believe. How do I know he came for you? Well, because he said so. How do I know God loves me? Because he said so. Jesus loves me, this I know, because we receive like a child. You know, in this world, we try and complicate everything. We try and analyze everything. We try and think, you know, think our way around everything, prove everything. How are you going to prove something that you can't even comprehend? How are you going to prove something that is beyond natural law? How are you going to prove something that can change the laws of science just by speaking it? That's why Jesus said, if you're going to come to me, you need to come like a child to see what I have. John, who, who the apostle who understood really more than anybody how much God loves us, said this. By this we know what love is, because Christ laid down his life for us. And, you know, the, probably the most famous verse of all. For God so loved the world that he gave the gift of his son so that all who believe in him, like a child, might not perish but have eternal life. Jesus came for us. He came to rescue us. He came for us to save us. He came for us because he loves us. Jesus is for you. Now you might be saying, well, I'd just like to debate that. You won't find him. You have to find reasons to believe, not reasons not to believe. It's kind of a question of perspective. You see, if I look at Roger on the front row here, from this angle, I can see what he's like. If I change my perspective and look at the back of his head, it's not too cute, is it, really? <laughs> but perspective makes all the difference in what we see in a person. Perspective makes all the difference in our relationships. I don't want to leave you with that poem because you don't have to be in that place. Receiving like a child, change your perspective and see what happens.
force me to believe God is good. This is the one truth in life. The world is a product of chance. How can I believe God will use my life? I know with certainty that God has left me. Never again will I say Christ has risen from the dead. I know now more than ever in my life that man can save himself. You must realize that it is ignorance that can guide us to prayer. Christians declare that without God, this world would fall into darkness. This world can and will meet my needs. It is a lie to say God has always been there for me. I now realize that no matter what I do, simply, He doesn't love me. How can I presume God is for me? Unless, until I change my heart, and I come to realize that God is for me, how can I presume that He doesn't save me? The truth is, no matter what I do, I now realize that God has always been there for me. It is a lie to say that this world can and will meet my needs. Without God, this world would fall into darkness. Christians declare that God answers prayer. We must realize that it's ignorance to think man can save himself. I know now, more than ever in my life, that Christ is risen from the dead. Never again will I say that God has left me. I know with certainty that God will use my life. How can I believe that this world is a product of chance? This is the one truth in life. God is good. Can't force me to believe God doesn't love me. God is for you. God came for you. God loves you. Find reasons to believe. Find simple faith, like a child. Because God's for you. He's got good things for you. He's got a purpose for your life. And he's got hope for you in the darkest of circumstances. God's for you. He's on your side and he will carry you through because he's got the ability and the power to do so. God is for you because he came for you and laid down his life for you. And God is for you because he loves you. So this Christmas... Find reasons to believe in a God who loves you. Let's stand.